SAFM Sports Wrap. Good evening to you. Welcome to SAFM Sports Wrap this evening. And uh, another busy show lined up for you. Live cricket taking place down at Newlands in Cape Town. We'll have uh, some news from there for you in just a moment. Thanks too, by the way, to the MoneyWeb team. They're back again tomorrow evening at 6 o'clock. I'm Brad Brown with you until 7 this evening. We're going to be chatting some Curry Cup rugby with the semi-finals taking place on Saturday. That's coming up tonight. We'll also chat some CAF Champions League in a moment as well with Zamalek arriving in South Africa uh, earlier on today. But let's start with some cricket news. And Australia have got their run chase off to the the perfect start. They are chasing 328 for victory and to avoid a 5-0 whitewash against the Proteas. Australia currently 62 without loss. They need 266 more runs with 10 wickets remaining. Johan Rue will join us in just a short while. There is other international cricket that has just concluded in Chittagong, Bangladesh, running England pretty close uh, in the third one-day international there, but England just getting over the line, winning that one by four wickets. Batting first, Bangladesh posted 277 for six in their 50 overs. England, in reply, 278 for six with 13 balls remaining, so four wickets the margin of victory. West Indies have left out Kieran Pollard and Dinesh Ramden out of their one-day international squad for the next month's tri-series, which takes place in Zimbabwe. Meanwhile, domestically in the Sunfoil series, the Cape Cobras were dismissed for 241 before the Knights reached day two stumps on 69 for three. They hold a first innings lead of 170, do the Cobras. The Highfelt Lions in a day two of uh, on 126 for five. They need another 101 runs. Uh, to defeat the Dolphins in Potchefstroom, while the Dolphins need another five wickets for victory. Colin Ackerman made 136 as the Warriors were 295 for six, with a 68-run first innings lead over the Titans at uh, Stumps on day two in Port Elizabeth. On to football, Ajax Cape Town coach Roger DeSar says Mamelodi Sundowns could pro or their, their progress to the CAF Champions League final reminds him a lot of how Orlando Pirates reached the final back in 2014. DeSar was head coach of the Buccaneers the last time a South African team reached the final. Sundowns host Zamalek in the first leg of the final this weekend. And DeSar says that he thinks Pitsumosimane's squad are arguably stronger than the one he had when he was with Pirates. Thinking back at, at my experience with Pirates, there's such similarity. Um, you know they were in the top eight. I was in the top eight, and when we lost that, and they've lost that. You know we we made the Telcom final, and you know there's so many competitions and uh, and so many games. I strongly feel that Sundowns have possibly a, a stronger squad than I had in, in, at Pirates, and possibly more prepared than what we were at Pirates. I think Sundowns' whole preseason campaign was around Africa, going into Africa and playing, and so on and so on. So Pizza was pretty much focused on that one. So I think the preparation is, is pretty good. Dessan says Sundowns have a great opportunity to win the title. I think they're also playing a Zamalek team that is not um, as good as it could be. I think they, they're missing a couple of players. I spoke to, to one or two of the Zamalek directors and they, they're pretty worried about their depth. They, they keep telling me they've only got 13 players. I don't know how true that is. Um, and the same thing, you know, we, we played Halali in the final and we had beaten them in the group stages and, and Sundowns have the same experience. They've beaten them as well in the group stages. So, a lot of similarities. 
Staying with news relating to Roger Desart's good news for Ajax Cape Town, Rivaldo Kutsia and Prince Ngumalo have returned to training ahead of Saturday's clash with Kaiser Chiefs. Both have recovered from hamstring strain and meningitis, respectively. Internationally, Milovan Rajavak has resigned as Algeria's head coach that after less than four months in charge. While in Europe, good news for Barcelona, Lionel Messi's returned to full training following a three-week layoff due to a groin injury. In tennis news, four seed Rafael Nadal has crashed out of the Shanghai Masters. He was defeated in straight sets by Victor Troiki. Fifth seed Milos Raonic overcame Italian Paolo Lorenzi, 6-2-6-4, while Marcel Granolas of Spain shocked 7 seed Thomas Burdish, 7-6-7-6. Third seed Stan Vavrinka sealed the spot in the third round, 6-3-6-4. His margin of victory over British qualifier Kyle Edmund. World number two Andy Murray also threw. He eased past Steve Johnson, 6-3-6-2, and sets up a third round clash with Lucas Piol. In cycling news, Team Dimension Data for Quebec announced today that they've signed South African Ryan Gibbs and Australia's Ben O'Connor for the upcoming season. And Germany's Tony Martin won a record equaling fourth men's individual time trial world title at the UCI Road World Championships that are taking place in Qatar earlier today. And on to golf, Dustin Johnson's been named as the PGA Tour Player of the Year, that following a breakthrough 2016 season, which saw him win his first major, namely the U.S. Open. And talking of the U.S. Open, double U.S. Open champion Retief Huerson will make a return to the Nedbank Golf Challenge in 2016. It was also announced today that his countryman Richard Sterney will play too, and so will Sweden's Alex Norin. England's Andrew Johnson and Ross Fisher confirmed that they're heading to Sun City, and so is rising star Terrell Hatton. Coming up next here on SAFM Sports Trap. We'll chat some cricket. This ODI series is proudly sponsored by Momentum. Go to multiply.coza and live life multiplied. Momentum, a division of MMI Group Limited, an authorized FSP and credit provider. T's and C's apply. Well, it's all taking place at Newlands in Cape Town this evening. The Proteas uh, trying to wrap up the series 5-0, but the Australians seem to be putting up a, a good fight. South Africa posted 327 for 8. Johanna Roo joins us now. Uh, Johanna, Aussie's off to a good start. Yeah, Australia off to a very good start, 66 without the loss of a wicket. But the Proteas have had two chances to pick up the wickets of David Warner as well as Aaron Finch. First, it was Quinton de Kock who dropped the catch. Uh, he dived in front of Hashim Amla, really should have left that alone for Hashim Amla was standing in the first slip position and then de Kock put it down. And then just a couple of minutes ago, Dale Stain on the third man boundary came running forward and uh, diving to his right and a little bit forward as well. He just couldn't hold on to the catch and that meant that Aaron Finch survived. So Australia 66 without the loss of a wicket after 12 overs. They are chasing 328, and uh, that really is supposed to be a difficult uh, task, especially at Newlands and especially batting second. They'll have to score the highest ever second innings at Newlands if they are to win this uh, match and uh, restore some pride and avoid a series whitewash defeat. As we just go back to what happened earlier, Puff de Plessis won the toss. He decided to have a bat first, and the Proteas were in a little bit of trouble at 52 for 3. Quinton Lecoq, Hashim Amla and Faf de Blissey all struggling to get going. But then Riley Rousseau and JP Dumini contributed a great partnership of 178. Riley Rousseau is looking really, really good with the bat at the moment. That's good news for South Africa ahead of that test series down under next month. He scored 122. JP Dumini also starting to find some great form again. He scored 73. And then David Miller's contributing 39 off of 29. And he made quite a remarkable 
recovery from that groin injury that he picked up a week ago in Durban when he star performed for the Proteas in that win at Kingsmead. And that's good to see him back as well. And then also good news for South Africa, especially after the Aussies got off to this good start, is that they did bring back their three main bowlers for this match. Dale Sanka, Chisa Rabada and Imran Tier all back into the team. And although Stain and Rabada and Abad have failed with the ball so far, you can always rely on Imran Tahir to pick up a few wickets. And I don't think it'll be too long until we see the spinner into the attack. Let's talk just uh, briefly about the the selection, the the, the balance in the team. Johan, in, interesting. I mean, obviously there's been lots of talk about who should play and who shouldn't play. I mean, the bigger mission, obviously, is A.B. de Villiers, who's not playing because of the elbow injury. So uh, as much as we say this is our best possible team, I mean, if A.B. was fit, he would definitely be playing. But uh, from a balance perspective, this side looks pretty good. It does look really good. There was a worrying moment when the Proteas were 4-3 after, I think it was only 10 overs, because if either Riley Rousseau or J.P. Dumini were dismissed, that would have meant that David Miller would come into the, uh, into, onto the pitch at, uh, after 11 overs, and that's really not when you want to see David Miller walk to the crease. Although he has the capability to bat long innings, he really is much better if he comes in with about 10 or 8 overs to go. So if you look at the batting lineup. If South Africa do lose three or four early wickets, then there might be a little bit of trouble. But if the top four and top five do what they're supposed to do and bat perhaps till the 30th or 40th over, then this really does look like a very good balanced team, especially with someone like Andile Pechulquayo, who does contribute with the bats and he bowls exceptionally as well. And also the fact that South Africa have four main bowlers in their team as well, it really does look like a very balanced team. And that's what having Quinton de Kock open the batting does, because because uh, you don't have to make space for your wicketkeeper. He plays the role of opening batsman. He plays the role of wicketkeeper. Uh, this really does look like a, a well-balanced team. And to think that Wayne Parnell is also currently out injured and uh, Far Berdin wasn't even considered for this game. So at the moment, uh, South African cricket looks to be in good hands. Yeah, lots of competition for spots is uh, is probably what you do want as a, as a selector. You mentioned Imran Tahid. Do you think he's going to play a major role, the, the pitch at, at, in Cape Town? I mean, when I saw the first innings total, I was like, gee, that's huge. What's it, what's it looking like in Cape Town, particularly under lights? Is it going to move around a little bit later? Is the dew going to play a factor? There has been uh, some movement, uh, especially for the fast bowlers, but uh, the Aussie spinners didn't have too much success, and uh, in fact, they were quite expensive. So the ball isn't really turning too much, and I don't expect it to be any different in the second innings. The dew could play a role uh, later on. It is quite chilly in Cape Town at the moment, and so that might make it a little bit difficult for Imran Tahir to control the ball, especially as it gets a little bit wet later on in the innings. And uh, also, it is Imran Tahir. He is going to bowl a few... um, loose deliveries and he, he's going to be punished for those as well but it's just something that Imran Tahir he has the ability to pick up key wickets at key times and like I said I don't think it's going to be long till we see him in the action and also the fact that, that JP Dumini is also in the team and he can take the pace off the ball as, a, a little bit as well and I think that's going to be necessary especially after this good start and especially after the pace bowlers for South Africa they can't make that breakthrough Yeah I was going to bring up JP as well because he, he does often take a, a wicket I mean when, when least expected He's got a bit of a golden arm, so who knows, maybe the skipper should chuck the ball to him and uh, he could get the breakthrough. 
Yeah, in fact, I just see Imran Tahir has just been brought into the attack, and he's also, we, um, we've been hearing Abu Davilia say it for the last few years, is that as soon as he doesn't know what to do, he turns to Imran Tahir, and most of the time Tahir delivers. So we'll have to wait to see what he does here. It's quite early for him to be in the attack after only 13 overs, but this really is the perfect platform to him for him to, to come and to strike. It will be interesting to see as well what Aaron Finch and uh, David Warner decide to do, whether they're going to just try and see him out a little bit, or whether they're going to try and attack him to try and get him out of the attack because they all know that he is such a dangerous bowler. Looking weather-wise, so we're going to get a full 50 overs in. I know there was a little bit of rain around Cape Town yesterday. This morning was a bit overcast. What's it looking like in the Mother City at the moment? Yeah, still a little bit overcast, but uh, all the weather predictions say that there won't be rain, and uh, it doesn't look like there will be any rain today. But it is, like I said, uh, all these spectators and even the players in the changing room, they all have scarves or, or jerseys on, so it is uh, quite chilly in the Mother City today. As far as the players getting themselves up for this one, Johan, 4-0 up in the series coming into this one. The series is wrapped up. The, the opportunity of whitewashing an Australian side doesn't come along every day. Do you think that would be big motivation for them? H- how do you think they would have approached this? Would they have approached it as it was a final, saying it's a you know it must win, it's almost like a World Cup semi against the Aussies, or, or do they go there, just sort of trust their game and see what happens? Well, it's one thing that I really enjoy about the captaincy of Faf Duplessis, and, and dare I say it, he might even be doing a better job with the captaincy than perhaps someone like A.B. de Villiers. But yesterday in his pre-match press conference, he said they are going to be play their best available team, and just as we said, Imran Tahir has struck clean bowling Aaron Finch, and uh, Australia now 72 for one. Brilliant celebrations by Tahir as well. Just going back to the captaincy of Faf Duplessis, it's one thing that he does is he motivates the players, and he made them realize that this is such a massive opportunity Australia have never lost all five matches in an ODI series and uh, he said we're going to go all out and we're going to play our best 11 because we really want to win this match and the way that they played with the bat shows that they aren't just uh, well, won't just be happy with a 4-1 when they really want to whitewash the Aussies yeah, it doesn't happen often, and uh, we've got the chance. Imran Tahir striking fantastic. Johan, we'll come back to you before the end of the show to get another quick score update. Let's hope we can pick up another two or three and uh, let them fall in clumps and really put the Aussies under pressure. Thanks for your time. We'll chat a little bit later in the show. This ODI series is probably sponsored by Momentum. Go to multiply.coza and live life multiplied. Momentum, a division of MMI Group Limited, an authorized FSP and credit provider. T's and C's apply. This life is all you have. Make it count. Your future depends on what you do in this moment. Unlock your financial wellness, figure out your finances, and find healthier ways to live today and tomorrow with Momentum and Multiply. We'll help you shop, save, study, be safe, get fit, go on holiday, and live the life you deserve. Multiply your momentum and get up to 60 percent back on your life insurance. Go to multiply.coza for life multiplied. Momentum, a division of MMI Group Limited, an authorized FSP and credit provider. T's and C's apply. The Proteas have a rare opportunity to complete a series whitewash victory over Australia when the sides meet in the fifth ODI on Wednesday. Catch regular updates from the match right here on SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. Have you been looking for a 21st century education for a 21st century child? Future Nation Schools offers an education model that harnesses technology, inspires critical thinking and innovation, while linking knowledge to real life through project-based learning. It's a cool school. The teachers are amazing. They teach in an interesting way. Applications for 2017 are open for preschool to grade 8. Join us at our open day at Alinda's campus on the 15th of October. Visit futurenationschools.com to apply and learn more. 
All my favorite shows are moving to new time slots. Sundays will never be the same in Duana. Urban Music Experience is moving from Fridays to Sundays at 6. And make sure you don't miss out Ubu Mnandi by checking out the repeat on Sundays at 12. Yeah, nah, with so much entertainment on SABC1. Hi, Ubu Mnandi most of summer. Hashtag This is the summer to remember. SAFM celebrates 80 years with a homegrown playlist. SAFM Sports Wrap. You're listening to SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader, and following the last couple of weeks of Castle Lager Rugby Championship test action, the Curry Cup has been put on hold, but that action resumes this coming weekend. So those matches were actually originally scheduled uh, for this past couple of weekends, but because of the importance of the Curry Cup semi-finals and finals, they have been shunted out slightly, and we look forward to two, I think they're going to be fantastic semi-finals, traditional South African rugby battles on Saturday afternoon. The Lions taking on the Cheetahs in the first clash and then it's the battle of North versus South. The old, old Curry Cup battle and uh, I remember many of them and so we join now by one of the Blue Bulls players. Driswanapool joins us now. Province taking on the Blue Bulls at Loftus Fastfield. Driss, welcome on to SAFM Sports Trap. Good evening to you. Uh, you looking forward to this weekend's final? How, how are the nerves feeling? Um... Yeah, uh, thanks for having me, Brad, first of all. Um, yeah, um, I think the coaching staff and everyone said to, uh, to each other this, uh, this week in the preparation that we're going to treat it as just another game, um, just another 80 minutes, and um, we can only control the controllables. So um, I think that calms the nerves a bit. Um, but it's always a big derby, north versus south, so we are very excited for that. Um, last year we were more or less in the same position and it didn't work our way so I think this year the, um, the, the opportunity to, uh, to to succeed is a bit bigger and, and the hunger to do that is also a bit bigger so yeah we're looking forward to that nerves is there but I think we manage it Drew, as far as the, the slight break from the, the sort of round-robin stages to the semi-final, has it been a bit of a disruption? Uh, obviously, you guys have been playing well. You, you've won six out of your eight games in, in the, the sort of uh, regulation season. Has it, do you think it's been a bit of a blessing in disguise, or has it disrupted things slightly? Uh, like I said now, um, you can only control the controllables. I think this, uh, this break that you're talking about now is not in our control. I don't think it's break our momentum. I think you can see both ways that um, everybody got the same treatment out of that and the other thing is we had time for some players to nurse a bit of needles and um, to be 100% for the semi-final. So you know, I, I think if you see it in the whole picture it, it didn't do good or bad. Um, I think the same teams were in the semis and you know, it's the same matches. Just as far as the lessons you mentioned from last last year's campaign, what what do you guys what what do you take out? Often it's it's when you lose a game like that 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 you learn the biggest lessons. What are you guys hoping to to take out of last year's performance into this week? Um, I think into this this year's campaign, maybe um, I'll say it better that way. That we last year we played some um, good rugby to get into the semis, but when we were in the semis, we um, uh, we, we were a bit scared to make mistakes and we didn't peer, play fearlessly. So I think this year, um, the mental, 
the mental thinking about the semi-final. It's not not making mistakes, but just to express ourselves and express ourselves as a team more and not focus on the mistakes that we uh, we are afraid to make, but rather the greatness that we are going to do. Province, I mean, they, they've had a, an up-and-down season. I, I saw them at Newlands uh, a good few weeks ago. They, they started off pretty well, but they've, they, they've been inconsistent. What are you expecting from them this weekend? Yeah, Western Province is always a fierce rivalry. So, um, over the, you know the history of the Code Cup and the rugby, they're always there. So, I think um, it makes them a dangerous team that um, they weren't so consistent this year. Um, yeah, I think I think it's going to be a good match on um, on Saturday, and I encourage the supporters and everyone to come out because I think it's going to be the money your money worth. <laughs> Drew, as far as uh, the the Bok players uh, coming back in after doing national duty, I think uh, particularly as someone like Rudy Page, who, who obviously wasn't available for selection against the All Blacks this weekend because that concussion. I've read that he, he has recovered and and he could possibly play. Uh, for, for guys who have been the bull set up the whole season and, uh, and and possibly have got the team to the semi-finals and then the box come back in, do, do you? Th- I know it's probably a tough question to ask, but uh, we, we've seen some of the coaches saying, you know what, we're going to stick with the players who got us to the semis, and others saying, well, we're going to use the box to bolster our squad. Which which way do you see the Bulls going this weekend? Um, yes, I think it's correct, like you said now. Uh, Rudy Page, the team isn't announced, but Rudy Page is uh, open for selection for our team. I think um, it, it happened in a, there's no great time for that, but it happened in a great time because the, uh, our reverse scrum off, Andre Warner, got injured. So we had open space for another scrum off. And um, I think at the end of the day, the best 15 or the best 22 guys must be on the field. So if that means that somebody that's coming from a higher level down um, I think I think it's fair if you can play your best 15 and play your best 22. And the guys, if you are the best, you have to be rewarded. Doesn't matter if you are Springbok or if you are Springbok or not. So you know, I think I think it's it's a good system that will work for us this weekend as well. And um, you know, I think I, that, that's my word. Just for you personally, the, the season and, and your form in, in the centre, are you, you satisfied with the way you've played? I mean, what are you personally working on and trying to get better at at the moment? What are you happy with with regards to your game? Um, yeah, I think our results speak for themselves. Um, we went first. Uh, Free State had a great season as well, so we went first. But we made it to the, the home semi-final. So I'm glad of my performance this year. Um, my great memories and I have a few rugby uh, memories as well. Um, but I think a personal uh, a personal thing is maybe um uh, you know every every rugby player in South Africa dreams about um wearing the green and gold so that will that will always be one of my goals but um you know regarding the success of my season this year is the same as the success of my team and we are in the home team so I'm actually glad of of uh, the position that we are now and the season now is went so far. Just, I know you're probably not even thinking about next weekend. This is the one you're focusing on because if you don't take care of Saturday's game, there is no next weekend. But uh, who are you shouting for between the Lions and the Cheetahs? Obviously, if the Lions be the Cheetahs and you guys go through, it's a home set, a home final for the Bulls at Loftus. Uh, are, you, are you secretly uh, shouting for, for the, the fierce foes from across the XK? <laughs> yeah, like you said, now um, we, we we don't even know about the other game because <laughs> we're only focusing on our game. But... Um, yeah, taking everything. Uh, we are uh, yeah, taking everything apart. I think that um, 
I'm, I'm, I'm from, I went to school in Bloemfontein, so there's a few friends of mine still playing for the Free State. So, yeah, secretly I'll be voting for them, but like you said now, yes, it would be very nice to having a home final year at Loftus and bring the back, the, the Coke Cup back to Pretoria. Well, Drew Swanepoel, thank you so much for joining us this evening here on SAFM Sports Wrap. Uh, good luck for the weekend. I know it's going to be an epic battle. It always is when the Bulls take on Western Province. We look forward to seeing you guys in action. And uh, and who knows, maybe we'll be chatting next week. Uh, the Blue Bulls in the final, and who knows, it could even be at Loftus. Thanks for your time this evening. Thank you for your bit. Thanks for having me. This is Sport on SAFM. Every supporter's greatest resource. Some big football to look forward to this coming weekend. The Gypsum Giants Zamalek have arrived in the country ahead of uh, Saturday's African Champions League final first leg encounter against Mamelodi Sundowns at the Lucas Moripe Stadium. The five-time African champions landed at the Oatambo International Airport this morning on a direct flight from Cairo and will have their first training session in the country later today. Zambian international Emmanuel Mayuka is one of the players to watch from the White Knights. Yeah, every game is a different game. We cannot say every game is the same. Last time we came here, we, we lost 1-0. They came that side, they beat us 1-0. So I believe uh, game three to be to be a different game. Try to, we'll try to do our best. I have a problem. <laughs> we'll try to do our best and um, see how it goes. Have you been in touch with Kennedy in recent weeks? <laughs> yeah, so normally we talk all the time. So just wait. Uh, I'm just waiting until Saturday, then we'll get to meet up. Last night, Zamalek received a huge send-off at the Cairo International Airport with hundreds of their fans in attendance. Mayuka, a former Southampton player in the English Premiership, touches on the dangerous Sundowns team they're facing and also on enjoying Egyptian football. Sundowns are a good team. Well, uh, anyone who plays them or whoever they play with, they know that Sundowns is a good team. And uh, for us, we are here to just to do our own thing, play our own game. And uh, we know it won't be an easy game, but we'll try to do and then finally, how was that send-off at Cairo International Airport from the supporters last night? Uh, it was mad, but it was okay. <laughs> it was fine, really. It was uh, fantastic. and uh, Yeah, it was okay. Enjoying football in Egypt, is it that exciting? Yeah, it is. It is, really. It is exciting. For me, personally, it is exciting. And um, I've been to so many places. It's a new experience for me. So just looking forward to enjoying my time there. Former Nigerian youth international striker Stanley Oawuchi joined Zamalek on a one-year deal from another Egyptian club, Wadi Degla, in July. He missed the group matches between Zamalek and Sundowns because he wasn't registered yet in the Champions League. The 26-year-old who scored during the 5-2 away loss to Wyatt Casablanca in the second leg of the semi-finals has got a lot of respect for the Brazilians. Strong game, victory. Mm-hmm. Very strong game and we expect victory. What do you make of Sundowns? Good team, respectful, we respect them and I know they respect us too. No, I concentrate only our game, I don't concentrate about the opponent. It was very difficult game. It was very difficult game, the second leg, but I know God helped us. We are not going to make the mistake we made against my dad. It's been 14 years since Zamalek last lifted the Champions League trophy as they beat Raja Casablanca of Morocco 2-1 in the 2002 final. Head of delegation Ahmed Mortada is the son of the club's president Mortada Mansou and says the club is desperate to lift the title once again. This is the first time I'm coming to South Africa. It's far from Egypt, but it's very nice. Well, how's the mood in the camp? What are the expectations uh, from, uh, from Zamalek? Uh, I hope to to play well and uh, 
and play as fair play because we are the same country. We are African, yeah? Egypt and South Africa have a good relation from the old time and I think uh, uh, it will be good play between Zamalek and Sundowns, but I hope Zamalek to win. Uh, we are the, I am member board of Zamalek and my, uh, my father is the president of Zamalek, yeah? And um, we are a new, man, uh, new board, yeah, from uh, only two years. We success to win uh, champions in Egypt and uh, four cups of Egypt. Uh, but the, uh, the African champions is a dream for me, yeah, because when I am very young, I, I win title before. Uh, but now I'm, uh, I'm uh, one of a uh, of board. It will be good for me to have uh, the champion. Zamalek coach Mohwin Suleiman raised some eyebrows earlier this week when he said if they don't win the Champions League title, he will resign. But Motada has since downplayed these comments. No, no, the coach will win the, the champion. Uh, I, I, I heard about uh, what he told in Egypt, but uh, we are trusting uh, in him and uh, I'm trusting in player and uh, inshallah, you know, inshallah, if God will, uh, Zamalek will win. This is Sport on SAFM, every supporter's greatest resource. Well, we are rapidly running out of time. Let's head back to the cricket quick. Johan LaRue, three quick wickets. We don't seem to have Johan, unfortunately, but I can tell you that it was Imran Tahid who struck again. We picked up the one uh, when we were last chatting to Johan, and it was Andile Felakwayo who picked up the last one. So Australia currently 75 for the loss of three. They need 257 runs, seven wickets in hand, 33.4 overs remaining. We'll have updates throughout the evening here on SAFM. I'm Brad Brown. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back again tomorrow evening with the PSL radio show Second Jalo. Coming up on the other side of 7 o'clock, it is the talk shop with Naledi Malaya from myself and my producer Siobhan Chetty. Have yourself a great evening. It is 7 o'clock.